0: Have you ever had that experience sharing memories with an old friend or more likely a family member where one or the other of you stops in the midst of the remembrances to say, wait, I don't remember it that way. It can be rather awkward, yes. It may lead to a discussion, if not an argument, about which person is right. After all, if I am remembering correctly, and your story differs, it must mean that you are in error. If I am in a reflective mood, it may lead me to examine my own memory for any mental leaks or cracks that may affect total recall. Is the other person's memory more accurate than I at first care to admit? It brings up a wider question about the ways in which we remember things, as well as just how many ways a memory can take shape and still be true. After all, though it is sometimes expressed in shorthand, I don't remember that. It is more often expressed, I think, as I don't remember it that way, meaning presumably I remember it a different way. Can there be different ways of remembering the same event or circumstance? I think of the answers Wilfred Gordon MacDonald Partridge received to his question, What is a memory? It is something warm. It is something from long ago. It is something that makes you cry. It is something that makes you laugh. It is something as precious as gold. Memories are sometimes one of those, sometimes another, often all of them all mixed up, and the very same memory can change from one to another over time, or in an instant with the introduction of a new perspective or new information, because memories always are not only about what happened, but also about how we feel about it. A memory always holds not only what happened, but my interpretation of what happened, what it means to me. I don't remember it that way. I remember it this way. And what is it that influences the way I remember? The way I remember includes how I felt at the time and how I feel about it now. It includes how I made sense of the event at the time and how I interpret it now. And the way that I make sense of the world, the tools of interpretation I have at hand, and the way I feel is influenced by my ongoing experience or lack thereof. The people with whom I am in contact and the people I am not. My social location, my perceived and claimed identity, the communities to which I belong, my familial background and situation, the books I read, the shows I watch, and on and on. And the way I remember events can change as I am introduced to other perspectives on the same event, as I truly listen to the ways in which they hold a memory of the same time, event, or circumstance. That is so important, as I contend to universalize the way I remember things to include everyone else who was present. And if I do that, it can be terribly upsetting to have someone say, I don't remember it that way. But you must, I think. It was such a beautiful time. We were all so connected. Uh, No, I don't remember it that way. I felt lonely, isolated. It was as if no one knew I was there. To open myself to another's experience doesn't invalidate the way that I remember it, but it does invalidate my baseless assumption that everyone must have felt the same way. The same way I remember feeling. It complicates my memories in a way that is simply a part of growing up, of maturing, of losing the innocence that tells me if I am happy, the world is happy. And it may deepen my understanding of what was happening in that time that I remember. There are those things I hold as memories that, frankly... I'm not quite sure that I actually remember, as in remember my own experience, but rather think I may be remembering the stories I've been told about the event, incident, circumstance, gathering. I have had that experience of remembering something so clearly and then realizing that, in fact, I was not present, but that it had been described to me so vividly that I felt like I was. There, So the memory is actually a memory of the stories, not of the event. It is helpful to be clear about that because I realize that my memory of someone else's story also carries their interpretation of that story, of that memory. I am remembering what they remembered as well as the way they remember it. And this is where personal memory and history overlap. History as family memory, community memory, collective memory, shared memory. And the only question is, how wide is our circle of sharing? How wide are we willing to make it? Philosopher George Santayana is purported to have said something like, Those who do not remember the past are doomed to repeat it. But is the problem that we don't remember the past, or is it the way we remember it? And is it our stubborn refusal to let go of the way we remember or the way we want to remember the past, even when faced with the reality that others don't remember it that way? The practice of repentance, which Lewis Newman talked about in the reading, is often seen as an individual activity. I reflect on my actions and claim my mistakes. I don't run from them or hide, but actually claim them and repent, turn back, reform myself, strive to do better, to be better. But sometimes, so locked in am I to the way I remember things, I don't or won't actually be able to claim or even acknowledge my mistakes because I haven't remembered them as mistakes. It was simply doing what I had to do. It was doing the best I could. It was meant as the best for everyone involved until someone says, I don't remember it that way. I remember it as hurtful, as harmful. And to take that in should not be seen as a burden or as an invitation to degrade or disrespect myself, but rather as an opportunity for a sort of freedom. We are not in bondage to even our most grievous mistakes, says Lewis Newman. Repentance really is about coming to terms with who we really are. It's about honesty and truthfulness. See, I need a wider circle of memory to hold myself accountable, which is a gift to myself as well as others. I need a wider circle of memory. I remember a person on a community, local community diversity council telling me of one of the experiences that contributed to his awakening to the importance of such a group, a diversity council. He was talking to his co-workers at the bank where he worked one day. They were gearing up for a community festival with a 1950s theme. And they each began talking of what they knew about the time period, looking at it as such a much simpler time. When community was more important, neighbors knew each other, families stayed intact, people got along, the music was great, the culture was cool. Someone finally claimed, exclaimed, wouldn't it be nice to go back to that time? And the single black person in that gathering said, not for everyone. The shared memory, the shared history was not shared by everyone. And she had the courage to say, I don't remember it that way. We don't remember it that way. That is not history we share. And this man I was talking to said it was like it snapped him out of a deep sleep. It was so simple and so obvious. But what he had taken for granted was shared, was not shared by everyone. He had no intention of leaving his co-worker out. He had no intention to hurt her. He had no prior awareness of what this conversation would sound like to her. But once he did, he decided that ignorance was no longer an excuse. I'm gay, he told me. I know what discrimination and exclusion feel like, and here I was perpetuating that. He chose to do something to challenge those all-too-easy assumptions that arise from being a member of the dominant culture that arose from the disease of white supremacy and to help educate his community so that no one could claim ignorance as an excuse, so that no one could assume the way they remembered was the story for everyone. We cannot literally go back in time and undo what we did, and yet repentance is precisely that process by which we can. In the moral realm, if not in the physical realm, we can go back to the deed. We can find that part of ourselves that led to doing the transgression and reform ourselves. It's about turning back. Returning to our best selves. It's about the ways we remember. It's about being open and willing to hear the ways in which others remember. What is the way you remember? that? And then let us be a people of not forgetting. Let us practice holding collective memories that might otherwise slip into that enormous void that sucks at and corrodes any future we hold dear. Let not our need for comfort or simplicity, for easy forgiveness or false pardon, smother the heartbreak that still needs healing. Let us practice resilience with reckoning. Let us marry memory and promise. Let us dance in the tension we find there. Let us rest in the integrity we cultivate there. Let us be partners with the possibility that emerges there. So may it be.